Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation, around the world. Once again, you're listening to VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 659. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my favorite co-host, Corey Romero. Today's Wednesday, September 6, 2023. Corey, how are you doing today? Eric, I'm doing great. Doing absolutely great. Uh, everything here, weather here in Utah is fabulous and uh, starting to cool down for sure. Nice, nice. We're we're also more nice here. Nice August. It's uh, it's not too hot, not too cold. Like in the seventies, right? Uh, Sixty-eight at night, 75, 78 during the day. You can't ask for that. Blue skies, blue skies on the the color of the bay in the Bay Area is just a nice, deep, rich green, right? Uh, smooth and pretty and muddy as always. But uh, pretty people are out sailing in the in the bay, so it is it is pr- beautiful to go out. Uh, we're getting that classic california august but without or i guess now early september without the the huge heat wave we haven't had any big heat waves this year so um on the show today we're going to be talking to community extraordinary guy blogger and uh, hackathon second place winner dale hassinger uh dale's going to be on the show we're going to talk to him but before we do that i guess we'll just do some of the news um mr romero um obviously we have vmworld europe coming up um, which we are getting the uh, code sessions and the um, V Brown Bag sessions. Uh, v Brown Bag still has some session openings. So if you're listening to this in Europe and you're interested in doing a talk, a community talk at the community booth, it's going to be crowded and busy. We're doing the two studio, the labs, as well as the community booth area. So if you remember in 2019, how big that was, we're going to do the similar thing in Europe uh, this year. So should be fun. I think there are some slot openings for both code and V Brown Bag. So go submit to V Brown Bag if you're interested in doing a community talk. Uh, and then code, there is somewhere on the website you can submit for a code talk as well for, for Europe. So looking forward to that. Corey, what else is going on? You know, I actually got some really good news this morning. Um, so I've got a couple opportunities for V experts, and I just sent out an email about five minutes ago. Um, I have five speaker passes for V experts. Um, three are going to be dedicated uh, for sessions. Uh, so, we, so we have the, the sessions for, for Explore, and we need um, some V experts to, to go and verify the, the technical level of these sessions. Um, there's about 250 of them, and uh, so I'm looking for three V experts to help me with that. And those V experts will um, have a session of theirs approved. Um, I'm also looking for two other V experts um, who can join me on my community panel um, that I did in, in, in Las Vegas, going to go do it again in uh, Barcelona. And so I'm looking for uh, two VX experts to join me there and uh, to share your story on how you uh, became, you know, just part of uh, you know, a VMware customer all the way to, uh, you know, V expert and, uh, you know, how that helped your career. So um, look for that email. And also there is a last chance, um, go fill out, you know, the form for your licenses. So for those folks who, uh, we're new to the program for the second half um, that didn't have their account set up correctly. Um, that form is there for you to go fill out and uh, we'll get licenses pushed out next week. 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to the whole setup. And I got to do a shout out to, I think it's Singapore. I think there's a VM world happening at the end of this month, the end of September for, uh, I think it is Singapore. And then I think there's one in uh, South America at some point coming up as well. But uh, what we're planning for is the uh, Barcelona one, which is always our big one, we're expecting over 10,000 people there, uh, just like we had in the US. So uh, excited about that uh, coming up. Yep. Absolutely. All right, with that, let's uh, introduce our guest who has been wait waiting patiently. Dale, how we do this on the community podcast is because uh, we are a community podcast, we usually will introduce you and say, hey, tell us about your career arc. How did you get here, right? Spend a few minutes introducing yourself and uh, where you work, what do you do, what's your career position, and but then more importantly, you know, how what's what's your journey through the land of computer science? And uh, I know we live stream on V Barbecue, uh, YouTube.com/slash/VBarbecue. If you want to see what Dale looks like, his video will be up there. And I see a racing game set in the background as well. So like, you know, we got to talk a little bit about what your what your office looks like. That looks pretty nice. Uh, so Dale, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I've been a listener for for many years, so to to join on a session's kind of kind of exciting for me. So thank you. Um, yeah. Currently, I I do work at VMware. I'm a senior cloud solutions architect. So I I cover the Southeast United States with healthcare with all the Aria products. Nice, <laughs> uh, nice. And before that, and I just I just started this role. So for the past year. I was my first year at VMware. I was a tech technical adoption manager. So we had a VMware had a customer that wanted a TAM that was dedicated to the Aria product. So instead of being a core TAM, my role was to help them use you know automation operations and log insight to its you know biggest potential. So they had me come on as a dedicated TAM to help them with with that. That sounds that sounds neat. Uh, I was looking at a Seep tab attendee list the other day, just as an aside, and I think the number one set of customers that came to C tab was uh, financial, but then the number two is healthcare, right? So we were talking about like a third of the attendees were actually right uh, healthcare. Another little over a third was uh, finance, and then the spattering of everybody else. So we were we were commenting on how healthcare seems to be a, a sweet spot for VMware in the uh, in the integrated marketing slots. So yeah, cool, right? So what did you do before you ended up uh, at VMware? So yeah, before VMware, I did work in healthcare IT for it was over ten years, and you know, talking about the community. So I I started out like most people, I would attend local VMUGs, and in healthcare. They, they, they kind of they have like what they call an HVC, which is the healthcare virtualization community. So it's it's kind of it's like a VMUG, but dedicated to healthcare. So in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, all the different healthcare groups would come together and and we would share how we use the VMware products and people would give demos of how they're using the products within their environments and so that's where that's where I first started doing my presenting them. I was like, you know, you hear this story all the time. You kind of you go and you're you're participating a little bit and you're like, you know what, I, I could give a presentation about what we do. So I was asked to do a presentation about automation. And that went really well. And then um, 
I just stayed involved with the community. And then they also started doing when COVID, um, like in 2020, COVID hit, we started doing what they called power blocks within that same community. So people would present on different topics and it was over Zoom. So I, I did a lot there again on the on automation and then also um, operations, showing dashboards, everything we were doing in our environments. Um, so then in 20, I think it was 2021, I did my first V Brown bag at VM World when it was still called that. So I did have a brief of V Brown bag. So that was kind of my first first chance to talk to a bigger audience. So doing the right. V Brown bag was pretty neat. And then in 2021, I was asked to do a um, VM. It was still called VM World at the time. I did a session on SaltStack config. So. VMware was looking for a customer that was using the SaltStack config with Microsoft Windows servers. Because in health healthcare, you'll still find that they're still very heavy on Windows servers. So to have a customer that that was using that product to do configuration management with, with Windows was um, a lot of interest for other customers. So I did that presentation with Vince Riccio. And, and that went really well. So then that same um, year, there was they still had the SALT conference. So Vince, Vince and I kind of did the same presentation, but updated it a little bit. And we did the SALT conference together. And then this year, um, I, I got to go to VMware Explorer. And because I got a session accepted in the um, Code Theater, so that was a new experience for me. And those sessions were all very well attended. Um, I, I attended some myself to watch because, you know, being as part of automation to, to see how, how people did all the different code um, was, was very, very interesting for me. So, you know, even presenting, like I said, I was I, I sat through quite a few sessions as an attendee. Um, so that was good. It was well attended. Had some friends there, some customers. Some of my new customers came um, after the session was over. Quite a few people came up to me and asked me for my contact information to reach out to me afterwards, to, you know, if they had any questions. So that was that was some really good feedback. And then um, I was also part of the hackathon this year. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say that the code theater was a buzz this year, right? Like I yeah. felt like it was crowded every single session. Like the V Brown bag was crowded on, you know, when you had a great speaker, it was packed standing room only where I noticed that the code theater was pretty full and standing room only like 70% of the time there were people standing around there were no more seats left. And it was like, it was impressive to see that. Plus what you didn't see was we had a five or six other code sessions that were just in general 200 person session rooms. So the, and those were packed as well, right? Like uh, William Lamb did one for home labs and yep. uh, Frank Deniman <laughs> did one for uh, CPU, I think, or something like, so they, there were some pretty interesting things, but it was crowded. Code was the place to hang out. I felt like it was, it had a lot of momentum. Yeah. Every, every seat was full in every session that I attended. And, and, you know, you put, you put a lot of time into doing these presentations and I wasn't sure if my topic was of interest, but it was full. Every seat was full standing room only. So it, it, it makes yeah. it 
makes you feel good when the people want to show up and have an interest in whatever your topic that you pick. Um, yes. My, my topic was how to use ARIA, the ARIA suite, which is, you know, the automation, the ARIA automation config, and then also operations to create VMs on-prem in your own vCenter, but also in, in a cloud. And I used Azure as my example. It could have been AWS or any of the other ones to, to show how that's, that one install will allow our customers to build anywhere and then to do configuration management, whether it's on-prem or, or in the cloud, you know, you could do that. And then also had some sample dashboards of how you could monitor both locations at the same time. Um, what, what the feedback I got from some of the attendees was, you know, we always, you know, kind of talk about the multi-cloud, but to see a nice working demo that I had set up in my lab was very helpful for them to see. So yeah, that was, that was nice. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say the code sessions, we didn't have enough slots for all the submissions, right? So we actually had to go through and like read through them and, you know, figure out who we were going to call out and who we weren't. And I remember looking at yours and I went, Ooh, automation, first off scripting, PowerShell, whatever it was you were scripting. I was right. like, okay, let's go Aria. And then, uh, and then secondly, you also then also did it in Azure. Right. And I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, like, somebody did it, not just AWS, but they actually automated and connected to Azure. So I remember accepting that one going, yeah, that's a win. Right. We'll take, we'll take that because that one just is good. And it's not like the same thing that everybody else is talking about. Right. Like, so we try to, you know, get rid of duplicates. So yours was, was a good, solid, unique one as well. So good, good deal. Yeah. And like I said, on the config side, to be able to show how to use automation config with windows servers, like I did two years ago, um, and there's been some advancements in the product. It makes it easier to install the minion and to do your state files and stuff. So I can, since it was a code theater, I you know I went through and dug through my YAML code for the templates, and I dug through right. the state files, and I showed all the different steps. And um, yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, it was. Yep, it was. It was a. It was a great, great session to have you there. Um, one of the questions I have for you: You're doing the hackathon. You're doing these sessions. Like, how do you find time? Because this isn't your day job, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is like stuff that you're doing outside to feed back to the community. How do you find? When do you do this? Do you, do you get a, like four in the morning and you usually like four hours and hang hack on stuff, or do you do it on the weekend? Do you have like slow weekends? How do you manage to carve out the time to do it? evenings evenings and weekends um it's just something i enjoy um when you when you write a blog and somebody reaches out to you from other countries you know i've had people reach out to me from australia or over in europe and and ask me questions about some of my blogs it, it just i get it, it's good feedback and it kind of makes you feel good you know vmware is that worldwide company and and sometimes kind of forget about that but when somebody reaches out to you from australia and you you know seven o'clock my time i'll do a zoom session with them and it's the next morning for them and we'll talk about how to do some automation or whatever they have questions about it's just it's just i don't know just to help to help others giving back to the community like we always talk about is just a nice it's a good feeling at the end of the day so so yeah weekends yeah. i'll take a couple weekends evenings yeah right? I always say, you know, nine to five pays the bill, but five to 10 advances your career. 
Yeah, that's a great one. That's actually a great one. And I tell my wife that, right? I'm like, you know, she's you're always hacking on stuff. You got hardware, you got this, you got that. You're always crafting up ideas to do cool things with the community, whatever. Like you're just, you just don't stop. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, but this is all paid off because I still have a job, right? And and I love the job and I love working with people and I'm, a, I'm kind of a people person. And there's also a bit of me that I want to say maybe I'm stupid, right? Like maybe I'm just not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And this is a little belittling, but I'll say this in a sense of that I've always needed help on technical stuff, right? Like I always need help. Like I, I am not like a, you know, rocket scientist where I go, oh, this guy. I always need help, right? And so when you've needed help running things or building things or writing things, it's like, you tend to want to help others when you figure it out, right? Because you're like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to do this on my own, but I want, once I've accomplished it, I want to show every other person out there how to do it because it was a struggle for me to figure out how it all works. And so I just want to make sure that everybody else doesn't have to have quite the same struggle, right? And then, of course, you're, when I'm struggling, I have to reach out to other people and and they help me. So I think maybe that's that's almost a fundamental piece of being a great community person is that you kind of needed help along the journey and then you wanted to help others. And I think that's one class of people. Then there's the other class like William Lamb and Frank Denman and, and Duncan Epping who are just brilliant, but somehow like to give back as well. Right. So maybe it's a combination of a collection of everybody, but I find like for me, I like helping people because I felt like I always needed a lot of help. So that's my two cents. After, after I started as an employee, what, what drives my topics now are questions that I receive from our customers. So if I get a question from a VMware customer how to do something with automation or operations, um, if I can't find it in the, in the standard documentation, I'll kind of I'll go through the process in my lab and then I'll, then I'll blog about it because I mean, my attitude is you know this probably isn't the only customer that has that same question. So why not share it with the community? Um, I never, I never really say who the customers are that ask the questions. So I kind of make it more, you know, neutral that way. But I, I'm just hoping that somebody else will learn from what we did together as you know, when I worked with the customer. Yeah, the the other thing that the, that's interesting about this whole space is the satisfaction you get when accomplishing something, right? And getting it and then writing it down and describing how you accomplished it. Uh, I went bouldering uh, and I'm way too heavy to be bouldering, but this is like a, this is like mini rock climbing walls and gyms where you had these 40 foot rock climbing and then you had to rope yourself in and somebody would hold you while you climbed to the top of this big wall. Uh, but bouldering is like a, only a 12 foot high and big thick mats. So you're not on you're not, you don't have any ropes. There's nobody helping you. You just, they just, you just go at it and they put different colored uh, grippers on the wall. So you know where you're supposed to be going and they have different levels, like the pink levels, level one, it's easy, you know, or for, for somebody that's skinny, it's easy for me. I could barely do it. Uh, but what I'd say is when you get to the top of that and you finish that level and you get to the top thing, you get an adrenaline shot, like, oh, I accomplished it. So classic gamification. And I would say that getting systems to behave and to accomplish setting up and making it automate and controlling things and making it easier and then locking it down. There is a, a very satisfying element of being able to do this and then share it with others. So I would say that that's, it's kind of like rock climb when you get to the top of it, you're like, I did it. And it's literally only five feet tall and I'm really heavy. So it wasn't a big accomplishment, but for me it was. And so 
I feel like community giving back is the same kind of thing where you have these tasks, you have things. Now you get customers sending in, sending in, you know, levels that you get to go try to solve. And then there must be a reward for you when you do accomplish that. Oh yeah. I mean, today I had a call with a customer. They, 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 they're starting their journey in automation. They already had a lot of existing scripts in their environment. So I, sat down with them and I showed them how they could use existing scripts and just front end it with some nice catalog items in RE automation and kind of step them through the process. And they're, they were, they were so thankful at the end of that. Um, they, they never seen that documented anywhere. Um, so to, and then to have that in my lab and working and, and go through the process, um, they were, it's, yeah, it just makes you feel good since yeah. I'm, since I'm new to the territory, what was interesting is this customer was following my blogs and my videos before I became their, their, their SE. And when they heard that I was going to be covering their account, they were, they were very happy. So there again, you know, the whole community, you know, doing the sessions at VM Explorer or doing VMUGs and putting the content out there and letting people watch it or read what you do you'd be surprised who, who, who reads that. Yeah. 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 I who mean, the customers even, are, that they're ending up, now they're my customers, you know, that I'm going to help. And, and, yeah. and now they want me to join like, you know, bi-weekly or monthly calls and just kind of go over things. And they're very happy to have me on board. So. Yeah. Even when you said Dale, that you listen to this podcast on from time to time and you're excited okay. to be on it, it's kind of like, I kind of go like, Oh wow. That, I don't even, I see numbers on this stuff, but it doesn't equate anything to me. Like it's like, it's Wednesday, noon to one, you know, we do a podcast, you know, they're not very good, right? They're very community oriented. You know, they we're exposing people. We're not like rocket scientists trying to, you know, figure out deep, you know, sometimes Matt goes deep on topics, but, uh, but it is good that, you know, we're contributing to the community and you're, you know, and then if people appreciate it and consume your stuff and the next thing you know, somebody recognizes you and go, Oh yeah, I listen to your stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, but it's it is good. That's that's what giving community is about. It's, yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up Matt's name. You know, Matt and I both live in Pennsylvania, and we were both members of the Central Pennsylvania VMUG, which is sure. where I which is where I met Matt. And then there's a there's a company um, between Harrisburg and the Pittsburgh area that would host these little hacks. So I I would drive. It's like a two hour drive for me and. You know, Matt was a little closer. So we we met there also. And one one year when we were there at the little hack, you know, doing presentations and stuff, he said, Hey, you know, you should really apply for the V expert program because you're 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 blogging, you know, you've done V Brown bag, you're 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 very involved. So I'm like, Yeah, that's that sounds like a good idea. And I got accepted. So that was in 2020. So this is my my fourth year. And I, I give a lot of that credit to, to meeting Matt and him encouraging the people at that little hack to, to get more involved in the V expert program. So it is funny because the first time I met Matt, um, I think I had him on the podcast once, right. For some topic that I got to have him on the podcast and met him, but wouldn't have remembered him a year later. But then uh, I ended up at the Pennsylvania V mug somewhere in, you know, in Pittsburgh, I think, or somewhere where they had a hackathon at the user group. They had a user group hackathon uh, and I got to go attend, right. And bring some t-shirts and give giveaways and stuff like that. And uh 
my son was at Carnegie Mellon. So it was nice because I was in town and I could say hello to my son and then come by the hackathon and spend the evening with the with with everybody there. Matt was there at the time. So you might have been there as well for all I all I remember. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a lot fun. of a lot of the Pittsburgh hackathons were run by Ariel Sanchez. Sure. Ariel. Yeah. A, lot, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the people in the V community are gonna know that name. And sure. for, for VMware Explorer this year, he put a tweet out there, said, hey, I'm going to have this team at the hackathon. Is there any interest? And I never met Ariel, but we had conversations. And he was, when I was a customer, he was even my TAM for a while. So I said, hey, if I'm going to explore, I would love to join your team. So I joined his team and, and he came up with the topic and we started, you know, coming up with the ideas and content and stuff. And so started, yeah, let's transition to that. What was your idea? <clears throat> so what, what my team, yeah. So like I originally started out on Ariel's team and then they, he, he had too many people on his team and they wanted to keep it to six people. So he's like, Hey, your idea is pretty cool and it's a little bit different. So why don't you become a captain of, of a hackathon team and we'll ask for volunteers to join your team. So so that's what we did. I'm like, okay, it's my first time at the hackathon, but sure, I'll be the be a captain. So, so what what my idea was with within Aria. So with Ariel, he was documenting as a home lab person all the different websites that you could go to to learn about AI and ML and um, different ways to install it in your environments. And so, so what I was doing is I was. I kind of took what he did and was actually starting to put it into like a production within my home lab. So he's like, hey, since you're slightly different, yeah, take that, make your own team. So there's a there's a PowerShell module called PowerShell AI that you can set up um, a chat GPT API account and, and make requests to chat GPT and have it return information to you. So when we were talking about the home lab, the things that I always hear people ask about is, I don't, I don't know how to use PowerCLI. I don't know how to write scripts, or you know, I don't know how to create state files. So, so what, what we came up with, with and my team helped. It was a great team. <laughs> I'll say that we came up with a way to have a catalog item within the, the Aria automation product that it, it was a custom form. And we would help people build the conversation with ChatGPT. So we had like a, a drop down that would say, what's the topic? So maybe the topic was PowerShell. So then we had like four questions. It would say, I want to create a PowerShell script to, you know, connect to vCenter, um, find every VM that has a snapshot and then export that as a CSV file. And we had a lot of details in that. And we would submit that to ChatGPT. And within the form, we had a, a window that it would return the code for the users to test in their lab. So well, is there a ChatGPT module that returns PowerShell uh, code? Or was that your module? Or what, if, do they already have a PowerShell coding? They, they didn't, but that's where... Um, there's, there's a guy in the PowerShell community, his name's Doug Fink, that created this module. So since that saved my team a lot of coding, 
we we used that module and what you could do is we we helped so the whole the whole idea what i hear from customers is we don't know how to ask the questions properly to get the good code back so we would help them build the conversation within the form so that you would through our testing you would get good code back that you could then test and and maybe even move into production so chat we, we during all our testing we've actually found that you know you should never go right to production definitely test in your lab or something but you could get some really good responses depending on how you ask the questions and you know when when you hear those terms about being a prompt engineer that's kind of it's kind of what my team was doing we were you know created this form we would have awesome. build this question we would send it to chat gpt and then we'd come back with some good scripts uh, we were doing scripts to create workflows and orchestrator you know powershell scripts um, we would do um, one one thing I, I hear from customers sometimes is they'll say, "Hey, we're already using Ansible and we have Ansible playbooks." So one of the processes that we had in our in our hackathon project was to take an existing um, Ansible playbook and we said to ChatGPT, "Create a salt state file for us so that we could use that within the Aria product." And it came back with with the code that it would convert. Um, the, the Ansible code to to salt, which was pretty pretty neat. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to follow up you with you <laughs> after this podcast because uh, the code lab we did for the code labs. You know, when you were in the code theater, you noticed behind oh, there yes. were little yep. you know, nooks and you know little displays, whatever. The code lab, all we did was show you for that lab. We had to take you through chat GPT, the ins and outs, best way to form it, gave you kind of some introduction. Then we uh, connected you, showed you how to set up your key management so that you would have your key so that you could actually then do API requests, right? But then we were like, we really need a good example on, you know, doing something like with PowerShell or something, but we didn't know. We did talk about how to make a module, like how to, you know, register a module and, you know, set it up so that you can use that module from, from, uh, from a server. Uh, um, but we didn't ever do that, and we didn't have a good example. We gave you like, here's how to make a website, right? Or here's how to integrate your JSON object back from ChatGPT and display it in a website. But we we should follow up with you and see if we can make uh, use of the the Mr. Fink's module because then we <laughs> could actually give it a question and say, hey, give me some, give me some, you know, PowerShell back to deploy a VM or something, and allow that to happen. So that that's cool. Yeah, because a lot of the programs that, you know, even if you go out to ChatGPT's website, it's a blank slate. So you you yeah. still have to come up with how to ask the question, and that that was right. that was a big part. And of that's what our lab like, did too. Our lab yeah. took you through what are the best ways to get the responses you want, what's right. variable, what's not. Yeah. If, if you use terms like act as an SRE or act as a DBA to kind of start that 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 conversation. You, you would be surprised how different the responses can be returned to you. So, yeah, ho hopefully some people will see that and show some interest. And um, if I was still a customer, I absolutely would take what we created as a team and have that in my in my production environment to help me write code. Yeah, absolutely. That's I would say that's 
for me, the, the most interesting about ChatGP is the fact that it writes so much code, right? And like I was saying earlier, I'm dumb. So like anybody that can help me and if ChatGPT can go help me write code, give me that. Nobody, the, the old adage is nobody starts from scratch. There's no such thing as a, you know, you're a, a program that's written 100% by you, right? You always start with somebody and then edit, modify, edit it. And I think ChatGPT is just an, an automated, nicer way of getting the sample you need to start with in order to go, you know, make it do what you need it to do right so i think that's yeah. pretty cool so if yeah if there's anybody listening that that's thinking about the hackathon i would i would definitely encourage you to get involved um it so was, uh it was great let's experience. Talk, yeah. yeah let's talk about the hackathon in general i think there were like 10 teams or eight teams or something like that did you were you able to work with your team members and did you guys actually write some code together uh yeah um the team the team was formed like a month before Explore. Right. Sure. So uh, we had weekly Zoom sessions. Um, we were an international team. Um, the one one person on the team was from Germany. One was from Costa Rica. One was from Alabama. One from Ohio and two from Pennsylvania. So, you know, nice. using using our tools that we use every day, you know, Zoom, we would create this this session. Did you put your code on a, a GitHub account somewhere? Yep. We yeah. created a GitHub repository. So as people would go out and do some testing on how they wanted to create the conversations and stuff, we would share the code. Uh, we shared a um, PowerPoint presentation file out there that anybody from the team could, could come in there and add content. And um, yeah, oh, the, the, the team was just, I, got, I had a really good team. So yeah, they everybody worked together well, and um, everybody so had a good time. And we're... I see in the background you have a <laughs> you have a oh I'm getting an echo, but that's okay. Yeah, there's gone. Fine. Um, you have a trophy. You came in second, 2023, yes. right? Uh, what came in first? How did you guys get beat? <clears throat> the the first place was a really good idea. They they used the Tanzu application service and what what they did is they, they had a customer join the team that they would record all the conversations that they had with their customer support so then they they would take that voice recordings and turn it into text and they created their own private large language models so that way when they when they would then when they would work with the data, it was only their data and it was private data. So right. so I think if you would take the first place team's idea of creating your own LLM, LLM. Yep. and then yeah. use use our team's idea of I mean, you know, if we were creating an LLM for programming languages, use my team's idea to help them build the conversations. I think the combination of the two would be a, a really nice solution. Yeah, that that's kind of cool. It, it is interesting that the first top two were AI ML kind of oriented, you know, around. Uh, that's neat. Building their own LLM, doing uh, audio to voice uh, to text, to get to get the data, put right. the data in an LLM format so that you can get at it. And then now they've got their own plugin. Yeah, so yeah. that's interesting. Oh, my audio came back right. Yeah, yeah. interesting. There you go. Got to, so okay so one two um how was the evening and uh would you recommend people that are considering going to europe uh join a team i would um yeah to, to meet some of the judges was 
a really good experience for me. Um, Alan, yeah, I know uh, Alan Renouf showed up, yeah. and some of the other big names in the community. And, came, yeah, and when Alan, each each of the judges came around to each each team had their own table, so so the judges would come to each table individually, and you met all the judges. So when Alan came to my table, William Lamb was with him, so I actually got to meet Alan and William at the same time. And as being an automation person with my background, that was. It was just a really good experience to meet them, you know, and then Alan had some really good recommendations. You know, he even asked, um, now that you've done this project for the hackathon, what are you going to do with it? Did you, you know, he even said, hey, would you ever think about turning it into a fling that, that sure. could be released yeah. to the community to see to see if there would be interest beyond just doing the hackathon? And then. The one other judge who kind of stood out for me is, you know, like Chris, Chris Wolf is CTO of VMware. So to be able to sit beside the CTO of VMware and kind of show him what we came up with as a team and demo it, and then to, to take his feedback that he provided, um, that was just a really great experience. Yeah. Got to say we had big names there and I was pretty excited about the, the fact that we did have as, as many good judges there as we did members. And so I did a drive-by but uh, for the hackathon, but I think everybody was off. Uh, there was like a moment like from five to seven or something like that where everybody went up to the hall crawl or whatever was going on, the party. And I think I drove by when everybody was gone and I looked and there were only seven people sitting around. I'm like, oh, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to make them feel bad. So I actually turned around and left because I felt guilty that there was nobody there and I didn't want... Uh, uh, you know, Cammy and uh, who's the guy that ran it? Uh, forget his name now, but uh, yeah, Vladimir. Vladimir. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want Vlad and Cammy to feel bad that I showed up and there was nobody there and it was like a dud. But later I learned that no, everybody was up at the hall crawl and it, <laughs> there was teams, there were there. And I saw the pictures at the end. I'm like, okay, because I actually bailed because I felt like, oh my God, I don't want to embarrass them because, you know, like, they put a lot of work into it and only seven people showed up. Right? So, yeah. For my, my team was six people and only half of them was, were able to make it in person. So what we, we wanted to be ready and I wanted participation from the whole team. So we, we kind of showed up ready to go. So we didn't really do a lot of coding at the hackathon, but then there yeah. was other teams that they didn't start until they showed up. So it's, it's really it's up to you as a team on how you want to right. do it. So, And I had actually told Cammy that uh, you should have two categories of awards. I don't know if she ended up doing that or not. One for people that just started coding that evening and uh, another set for people that have been working for a month as a team. But I don't know how that worked out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it sounded like a good invite. And I love the pictures at the end. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Hey, we do ask our guests also as we come up in the, for the last 15 minutes, what do you think is going to be excited over the next year. What do you look at and go, oh, I'm 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 looking forward to tech over the next and it's either VMware tech or some other tech. You know, I always ask ask guests like uh what gets you excited over the next year and what keeps you up at night? What gets me excited is probably what we kind of been talking about, you know, and I've been in IT for boy, I hate to age myself for Quite a few years, I'll just say. Mm -hmm, obviously, me too. Right. <laughs> so things in my career that one of the first things that probably really impressed me in IT was like when the when I did my first V motion. You know, I, I remember that as being, hey, I can move this running VM from from one server to the next and not take downtimes. And 
And that's that's still something that still really impresses me. So the second thing I would probably say during my career is, is what we did at the hackathon, the AI stuff, to be able to to be able to come up with these conversations and have a program help me code, write code. written from it. Yeah. You know, because when I first started in automation, I would go to Google or some other search engines and say, hey, you know, I want a PowerShell script to do this. And you would find different examples. Um, so to get that from something like ChatGPT or even some of the other AI products that are out there is, is really exciting. And I know VMware demoed that with like Aria Hub where, you know, during the one presentation, they said, you know, show show me all the VMs that, you know, your memory usage is 90% or greater. And then boom, you know, there's, there's all your VMs. And then they would even show you the code that they used for GraphGL to, to kind of, to, to generate that view. Um, it's, it's exciting. That's, that's exciting to me to, to help, to help people get into automation that maybe aren't programmers. And that's, that's kind of how I kind of consider myself. You know, I was a VMware admin that I worked at this one healthcare system. They owned ARIA Automation and it wasn't really being used. So the architect came to me and said, I want to give you this project. Well, not knowing that that one question would change my my whole career path. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do that. So to get started, you know, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to start writing scripts. But what was what was interesting if you take like a VI admin and you get them into automation, they don't need to think about the processes. They need to think more about how to code it. Where if you take somebody that's really good in coding, but doesn't understand how the VMware products work. So now you're explaining all these steps. So it, it was, I, I think it was just a good experience for me to, to be that VMware admin to get into automation and, and understand the processes that it takes. Um, so yeah, to have something help me with the code um, or like when I first got into using salt to, you know, writing state files mm. and stuff like that was brand new. It was day zero. You know, when I installed that after VMware purchased the product, I'm like, okay, now I need to learn how to write, you know, state files. And if I had a product that was only what, three years, two years ago, I would have even had it back then to be able to help create state files um, that would have definitely got me up and running in production quicker. So that's, that's exciting for me. Nice. Nice. I, I know um, I'm excited about home labs. I'm a geeky guy that I just love. You said something that just sparked memory and I went off in my own little zone there for a minute, which is like, do you remember where you were when you first did a V-Motion? Right. And I was like, oh, I had two Sun 4100s. You know, they were like single, single core machines. So like, but I remembered like, oh my God, I, I just motioned an OS over to a new machine and like there it was, right? Like I could turn this one off and didn't miss anything. And I had like three VBMs set up or whatever. It's like it is it is one of those things I like building machines. So it is it is fun to be able to have virtual machines and to, to where were you when? Right. And I think I think people V-Motion has been around for so long that people just take it for granted now. But some some things that people forget about going to the cloud, if you if you create a cloud-native VM, 
and, and I think just about any of the different companies, you can't V-motion that to another host and not take it down time. You have to power off that VM and have it start up on another host if they need to do maintenance to host. So that that is still a product that I think is still still blows my mind every time I do a V-motion. And it's still very useful because you, you still can't do that in cloud native. Right, 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 right. You can't. You just unless you just need, underneath. You yeah. need to develop your applications and stuff in a way that you can turn one off while the other one, you know, through load balancers. So it's a whole different process. But you know, to have a single VM for an application to not take that downtime is still still an amazing feature. Well, I know we're coming up to the top of the hour, so uh, let's just recap. Dale Hessinger, great to spend an hour with you and, and chat about what you did, the hackathon. If you're considering a hackathon, uh, I know we're going to be running one from at, at Explore, so go check that out uh, in, in Europe and Barcelona, so that'll be cool. Um, you're in Pennsylvania, so yeah. question for you. Uh, do you do barbecue in Pennsylvania? Matt uh, Longev has a gas grill. That's all he's managed to muster up, right? Like, uh, do you ever get outside in the summertime to do some uh, some some grilling? Oh, yeah. I have a smoker that I'll, I'll do, like, pork shoulders and stuff like that. I love, I love to do barbecuing. And then when I don't want to do it myself, probably a mile from my house is, is a really good barbecue place that I go and get it. But I don't want to take Where a are you in Pennsylvania? I live in a town it's called Dillsburg. It's just south of Harrisburg, which is the state capital. Yeah, there you and go. There's, there's, there's nice, a nice barbecue place there. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, Dale, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast and being with us for sharing your stories with the community for the hour. I really appreciate it. Uh, are you on Twitter and can people follow you? Oh, yes, I am on Twitter. It's it's at my name, Dale Hassinger. I do have a blog site. The blog, the blog site. Yeah, called... you have to tell me how vcrox.info showed up. So his blog, I should have said that earlier in the show. Sorry. www.vcrox.info, C-R-O-C-S, vcrox. So you have, do you raise crocodiles in your backyard or something? In no, it's, it's based on the shoe, the crocs, the shoe. Okay, sure. So, so, yeah, short story. Some of my coworkers that I used to work with would make fun of me wearing Crocs. And, you know, within the within the community, you know, we always talk about yep. the V community. There, there's, you know, V brisket, V beers. And yeah, so I told, sure. I told I told my my team members at the time, I'm going to start blogging and I'm going to call it V Crocs. And they're like, no, you're not. So I'm like, yes, I am. And it kind of stuck. So I bought the domain name. And and any anytime you see me presenting, I will always be wearing a pair of Crocs. Nice, nice. I know you had one article out there on area operations, right? Uh, 8.1.2 release. So we found that article and then Matt recommended you. So brought you in here. So you've been blogging on Vcrocs. You got a Twitter handle, which is your whole name, Dale, D-A-L-E, Hassinger, H-A-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. So I guess you would look at yes. Dale Hassinger. So you're at Dale Hassinger? Yes. 
All right, there you go. Go give him a follow and tell, say hello to him. It's uh, great to see you on there. Go look at V Barbecue, youtube.com slash V Barbecue, V B A R B E C U E, because there's a multiple ways to spell barbecue uh, across the United States, just like there's multiple ways of doing barbecue. Uh, and pork shoulder. I'm gonna, I haven't done a pork shoulder in a long time. I'm going to have to go get my smoker going and get, get me a nice shoulder. What, how, what weight of shoulder do you smoke? I usually stay on the smaller side because it's just okay. my wife and I, two people. So, um, and 15 pounds, good enough. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That should be plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then you'll have leftovers, really good yeah, leftovers for, for a couple of days. Um, yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that. I did uh, a brisket. I, would, I don't like beef that much. I, I am a big pork fan. So I'm going to like, have to go do a pork shoulder. That'll I be would, fun. I would love to have a, something to be able to do a whole pig. You know, that should be one of our, you know, we should go do that. Uh, <laughs> we should, we should, we should, we're talking about getting a used motorhome and then just putting the community show on the road and drive around and do some fun <laughs> stuff. Right. And as we could do, we could dig a hole and do one in the ground, the Hawaiian style. That'd be kind of neat. Right. You know, do a smoked one in the underground, but then also do one on a spit. We did that at, uh, I think, Vegas in 2018 or 2017, we actually had a, a barbecue restaurant come and do it in the pinball museum back back lot where they had a whole pig. It's kind of fun, right? It's still just pork, right? So yeah. the town, the town I grew up in as a as a child had a community event every year, and they 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 would roast a whole pig and then share it with the community, and uh, that was that was some of my best memories of barbecue. It was that as a child. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is funny. It is interesting too. Uh, my some of my happier memories are, you know, Fourth uh, of July barbecues as well, right? We everybody come together in the backyard and play horseshoes and, you know, have have soda pop and uh, and then barbecue and you know corn and all the other stuff that you do all together. A lot of it's a great community. It's a that's why V Barbecue for me was a great name because it is about coming together, drinking beer, sodas, whatever, playing horseshoes, you know, whatever, whatever your games are, whether it's pinball or horseshoes or you name it, coming together and just having a, a great social experience with everybody that works together. So yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Dale, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, as always, Wednesday, 12 to one, we live stream published on YouTube. Thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate that. And congrats to second place. Uh, next year, you're going to go for the number one. Yeah, our, my team said we're going to stick together and do it again. So do it again. Had a good time. So yeah. like I like I said, I would definitely encourage anybody thinking about it get get more involved. Yeah, perfect. All right, with that, uh, everybody have go get some. It's lunchtime here in California. Go get some. Uh, go get some barbecue, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Until then, have a great day.